the Providence College Friars. Will the party ever end tonight down to Providence? The Big East. And the rest of the college hoops world. You know that. The party will not end. This is the Providence Friar Podcast with your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Zerwitz. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Zerwitz, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. Join with me as always, we have BOC in the house. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Monday, December 4th, and the Friars are coming off a victory uh, in their rivalry game against URI. 84-69 was your final uh, from the amp. Um, it it uh, was the cherry on top of a good day to be a Friar fan. Uh, BOC, you were at home. I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the game? Uh, my initial thoughts were really impressed with URI. I thought they played with a physicality and, uh, with the transfer portal, you can essentially add grown men to your roster. And that's what it was. It seemed like it was a bunch of grown men playing, uh, on URI. Um, then you had a player like house who was getting to the basket at will draining threes. Um, so I was really impressed with URI because everything we heard was that they were going to finish lower in the A-10 and, um, I don't think that's going to be happening. Uh, so they fought really hard, uh, but the the ability for us to continue to get in transition and use our athletes, it, st- it was like it started to wear down on URI as the second half kept going on, and eventually the dam broke and everything just fell into fell into place. And we really saw just how much we missed Jaden Pierre because he was a maestro, especially in the second half with his ability to find people in transition or in a half court set. Russell get his own in a half court set. Um, we missed how quick he is. Uh, so all in all, it's a great win. It's 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 a rivalry win. Um, so you can throw the records out. You can throw the spread out. Um, you should just be happy with a win at home against a rival and one that looks decisive on paper, even though it was close throughout the entirety of the game. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, you know, I was kind of expecting your ride to be a little bit better, um, kind of like we were talking about on the, the preview episode. Um, you know, I, I had said that, you know, they're off to kind of a little bit of a surprising start. And, you know, with the rivalry game, I said it was going to be a 10-point game, ends up being 15. But like you said, it, it was close pretty much throughout. Providence only led by three points at halftime. Um, but, you know, Kim English made the adjustments, and I'll get into that. But first, I do want to hit on the environment uh, at the end, because also like I anticipated, uh, I think I tweeted out that, or we talked about, I was curious to see what the dynamic would be with the crowd, because typically it's like 70-30, right? Man, BOC, it was like 90, 90, 92% Friars, uh, Friar Black all over the place. Um, with your eye folks sprinkled in throughout. How, how different is it from how different is it from when we went to school where you know the province basketball games are not only 
like you and I love basketball, so we would go anyway when we were undergrads. But I think we were kind of the outliers, right? Unless there was a really big game against a ranked opponent, it wasn't really the thing to do. You only really went if you loved basketball like you and I do. Um, now it's the thing to do on a Saturday night. Like for the students, it's a it's a pregame before they go out. Um, a lot of times when we were enrolled, it was, do you want to go? Eh, we'll see. Um, and so you never really had great attendance. And that's where the URI numbers would show out. But now it's become a true home court advantage. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, like it's we talked about this last year, right? Like it's an event now um, and, and you can feel that. And, you know, the student section was awesome, but like it's just more than that. Like, like just everything. It, it's just like the place has like a buzz in the building nowadays that it just never had uh, when I was there. And, you know, my my freshman year, I remember debating whether I wanted to go to the pit game. It was a rough season, blah, blah, blah. I end up going. And of course they beat number one pit. Um, but you're right. Like it's, it's the dynamic has changed. Uh, the old dynamic of leaving though, um, to, to get to the bars early has not changed. Uh, that was pretty, that was pretty rough by the students. Uh, I saw some, some current students actually calling out their peers uh, on Twitter because of that. But yeah, for some reason that, that never changes. But um, yeah, no, it's just a really good atmosphere. And we were chatting about it in our season ticket text group um, that I have with the 234 boys. And one of the guys was like, you know, I think it might be the best kept secret in New England, like for sporting events. Cause I mean, it's just awesome. Yeah. So. That's it's, it's incredible what Providence has become in terms of attending the games, in terms of the product, kudos to the athletic department, kudos to the marketing team They're They've really made it the thing to do. Um, and it helps influence games. Like we're going to see it in the Big East play. Like we're going, you know, the, what was it saying? The dunk is where ranked teams go to die. Now it's just going to be, you don't expect to come to the amp and win because the crowd is so raucous and there is, you know, whatever the spread is, you had three or four points because of the amp crowd. And that's a great thing to have uh, at your backs. Yeah, for sure. So let's get back into the game here. So like I said, three point game at halftime. Um, English in the postgame presser kind of talked about how he wasn't, you know, he thought it was their worst half of basketball all year. Um, and then, you know, he, I don't know what he said in there in the halftime speech, but the boys were locked in second half. I didn't, did you think it was a really bad first half? Because I personally didn't. I thought the no, point, like, yeah. they missed a bunch of bunnies, BOC. They missed so many easy shots around the rim. That was frustrating. Um, but no, I, you know, I didn't think it was too bad. I mean, there were times throughout, not just the first half, the second half, I felt like they kind of had defensive breakdowns and gave URI some easy buckets. But, um, you know, you might, I, I wouldn't call it their worst half, but then, then again, you kind of think about it and it's like, I don't know, maybe it was their worst half. I mean, because they've, they've played pretty consistent basketball through eight games now. Well, it's been, it's been a really good season. So maybe saying it's the worst half this season isn't really saying much. Um, what did they have? They only had 35 at the first half. They held they held URI to 32. To your point, they were just missing a ton of really easy looks. I think they were looking for contact a little too much instead of just finishing through. I actually really liked the way the refs called the game. You may dip, differ on that, but I thought they let them play in a rivalry game and let the physicality show. And I think that's important to do. Um, 
And it seems like the players had to adjust to that, and they did in the second half. No, I, I had no qualms with uh, the officiating. And we'll, we'll get to officiating in, in some other games uh, at the end here. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I was fine. I, I had no qualms with the officiating at all. Um, sure, I think Hopkins kind of continues to get the short end of the stick, uh, if you will, from, from a call side of things. But whatever. He fought through it. He, he had 24 points, 10 of 19. Uh, he led PC with 20, uh, 24.7 rebounds. Um, I thought Devin Carter in this game was excellent. Excellent. Like, he had 17 points on 7 of 12 from the floor. Got got a team leading 11 rebounds again. Um, you know, two assists, the the two blocks, two steals. Like, he was awesome. We talk- uh, we we talked about in the recap article about how he might be the most underappreciated player in America. He literally does everything for the Friars. Um, scoring, now he's somewhat lethal from the three-point range. He obviously can drive to the hoop. He can rebound. He can play defense like crazy. He's he's guarding, if, unless they're a five-man, he's guarding the opposition's best offensive player every single game. And to have somebody who can do that and do it well, it's really impressive. And I think fans are coming around to Devin Carter and understanding how important he is, but he should be praised for everything that he does for the Providence Friars, because I don't know where they would be without him. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, he's, he's been no short of awesome uh, this entire year. Um, you know, kind of a rough game for Oduro. He, he, him and Hopkins were the two that were, were missing the bunnies around the rim. Um, but, you know, I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, well, the one, the one, the one thing we want to talk about with Oduro is he needs to do everything possible to stay out of foul trouble because Providence is a very different team when Oduro isn't playing. Um, I, I don't think Castro is the answer at the backup, and we saw a lot of Hopkins at the small ball five. I think that is what I would prefer. Somebody brought this to my attention, and I agree with it. I think I'd prefer Hopkins at the small ball five while we buy some minutes from Oduro, but – it's going to be a struggle whenever whenever Oduro isn't in because there was a period where Hopkins was at the five and they uh they kind of took it to the glass on us a little bit. So that's going to be something that we struggle with all year. But once McNair left, we kind of realized that was going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um so you know, they end up out rebounding your eye forty to thirty one. Uh they even beat them on the offensive glass too, ten to seven. I talked about limiting second chance opportunities was going to be important turned out it was um but you know just again all around good defensive effort for the most part i thought you know they shot 45 percent from the field 50 percent from three but they only had 12 attempts um you know pc turns your eye over 11 times they only have nine turnovers themselves pierre though had five of those so while i agree with you it's great to have pierre back Clearly, he's shaking off the rust a little bit, um, but he'll be fine. He had 12 points. Um, so just just an overall good win. And, you know, I think uh, I, I think URI fans, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for them, but I, I feel like they feel at least a little bit good after this one too, um, like you said in the open. Um, but, you know, the house kid, apparently the knock on him was he couldn't play against – good competition. Like he had all his big scoring games against the bad teams and he must've 
heard that noise, and uh, yeah, he he was good for them. Uh, that Montgomery kid, what had a bad game. Uh, he didn't play that well. Ten points, two rebounds. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think it was a good win for PC seven and one with a big one coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, we. Um, what are what are some of your concerns about the team, or were there any developments after this game that you said, "Oh, okay, that might be that might be something we have to be worried about moving forward"? Because the one thing that jumped out to me, I already made the point about the backup five, is our pick and roll defense oddly was pretty atrocious. Uh, they were getting to the rim at will. And whenever Odoro or whoever the five was went to go help out after the defender was beat, they just dished it off to the five man for an easy bucket. So we need to work on our pick and roll defense. That was a little bit concerning. What is there anything else that jumped out to you that gave you some pause? No, I mean, I must've been enjoying Cowboys too much uh, to notice the pick and roll defense there, BOC. Um, but I did notice that there were defensive breakdowns, but no, I mean, I, listen, I, I think the way this team's built in the, the brand of basketball that they play, they're going to, they can compete with anyone uh, in the country. Um, so, you know, really positive developments for me. Yes, sure. We, we don't have a backup big, uh, Will McNair leaving really hurt that. Um, but, you know, might have been might have been for the best anyways because Will McNair is busy getting suspended for, for uh, conduct issues. So, <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that was interesting that Jerome Tang came out and said that uh, because we heard that was part of the reason why we didn't fight so hard to keep him is because he may have been a locker room issue. So, yeah. Um, if there's any silver lining to it, it's seeing him get suspended kind of proves that worth and proves that to be accurate. So hopefully he gets his head head on straight because they uh they certainly need him over at K-State. Yeah, for sure. They you know, they've been winning games since the loss to Miami and Bahamar, but they've been kind of squeaking by. So um all right, big one in Norman, Oklahoma on Tuesday night. Friars will take on the Sooners. Uh Tip time for that one is 7 p.m. ESPNU. Um, the Sooners are 7 0, ranked 25th in the country. They beat Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, it was either over the weekend or, or during the week or something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, it was on. It was on. They're a good team, but they're a surprising team. Yeah. It, they they beat Arkansas this past Thursday, and prior to that, the the week before, they beat USC, um, which was a little bit of a shocker. USC was ranked. So, they're to your point, they're a surprising team. Um, they're undefeated. And it's I think when we were looking at this game on the schedule, they were a lower preseason. seems to be a theme of some of our uh, re- uh, scheduling. In preseason, they were thought of as a lower-tier Big 12 team. We'll see what happens in conference play, but they are – ranked obviously um so it could end up being actually a really nice resume builder for us as we head into conference play yeah for sure i mean listen i I think going into the year we thought that this would probably be a quad two opportunity right and now you're looking at it and it's probably going to be a quad one uh when it's all said and done so um it's it's a huge game um oklahoma is led by um uh well, first off, they, they have the big man, John Hughley, the fourth, I believe, mm-hmm. um, played at Pitt. Um, he's 6'10", two, like a big boy. 
Um, so I, I do worry about him. Um, but their leading scorer is uh, Oway. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, and that guy know, can kind of do it all. You know where he's from? Guard. Yeah. yeah. You know where he's I, from? Not... Where? Jersey. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course you know that. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, he's been a, a really, you know, a revelation for them uh, at the guard spot. Can kind of do it all, score, get some steals, get some assists. Um, and then, you know, uh, Javian McCollum is another guy, uh, another guard that you're going to have to worry about. Um, you know, they, they seem to be pretty balanced team. Um, you know, I think it's year three for Porter Moser, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, I, he was a guy that you were probably talking about being on the hot seat going into the year. And now he's 7-0 and sitting pretty. Um it's going to be a tough game for Providence. I, yes, I agree. And I think the way, I think we, I think it'll probably be a three point spread, three and a half point spread for Oklahoma. The way that we win is by doing what we've been doing all year is getting in transition, getting up and down um, and out athleting these teams. I think, I think our defense is going to shock a lot of teams that haven't yet played us. And I think that's going to be in our benefit. So I want them to be in the shirts of the Sooners. I want to see great defense because I think we can have the ability to pull away if we're playing locked in on defense. And again, that was a little bit of my concern against URI because we had some lapses and they kind of put uh, the blueprint on tape for how to, to how to beat us uh, in half court sets. So we'll see what happens and hopefully our defense can tighten up because I think offensively, we're going to continue to click. We have too many weapons offensively, and especially with Pierre back. I feel really good. I really feel really good about this team. And despite the spread, I'm expecting a win. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I actually think we should win this one. Um, and then go into next week. Well, we have a game against Brown and then go into the week after ranked. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if they beat Oklahoma and avoid upset against Brown, it's time to rank the Friars. Uh, enough is enough. Um, I think I saw somebody's somebody put Wisconsin, who beat Marquette over the weekend, at seventeen, and I'm like, okay, like if they're seventeen, I was Robin's not ranked. Uh, so I would expect some votes. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday. I would expect some votes on Monday. And then yeah, they go two and zero and are nine and one in the year with wins over Wisconsin, uh, Georgia, um, uh, in Oklahoma, no bad losses, haven't lost in regulation. Oh, by the way, that stat I tweeted last Sunday, that stat still exists. Haven't trailed by uh, more than four in regulation. Haven't trailed by uh, more than seven in any game. So um, that might be put to the test on Tuesday for sure. But I think it's going to be a tough game, but I agree with you. I, I, I honestly think they can win this game. Um, you know, they, they just got to do what they do, man. Just play efficient offense and play lockdown defense, and uh, they'll be fine. Um, I, I expect this one – I think Oklahoma can play some D too. So I expect this one to be probably in like the low 70s, I would imagine. Um, 
But, you know, I have a feeling it's going to be close. But there is a part of me that thinks, who knows? Maybe Providence goes in and blows doors in this game. Like, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. It, I, I could see it happening. Um, and conversely, I can't see Oklahoma doing that to Providence, even though we're on the road. Um, do you expect there to be a raucous environment there? I don't. Um, I heard they got a good crowd on, um, oh my God, I've read some on Miles Garrett's face mask got connected to another person's face mask. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, I heard they had a good crowd in their last game. So I think, you know, with the ranking, they're starting to get some buzz there. Um, but yeah, I mean, is it going to be the amp? No. And I think so. Yeah, I think that'll play. Yeah, I'm not favorite. too concerned about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm not too concerned about the home court advantage there, but I do think they'll have a pretty good crowd. I mean, undefeated, ranked, um, you know, in a big game. Hopefully, the folks in Oklahoma know though. They, they might not know what Providence is, so no. <laughs> it's possible. I don't. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think they have any clue where Providence is. Um, <laughs> where? What was your score prediction? All right, so we haven't put out the article yet, but I'm going to go 74-69. Okay. Friars. I was going to say 75-71 Friars. Okay. Well, we can't finish in the middle now because no. there's just no way. <laughs> no, there's, it's not possible. Um, no, no. Um, unless some funky stuff happens, who, who knows? But uh, do, do you know? Do you happen to know what the Big East Big Twelve battle, the challenge, uh, is at right now? I, th- I think it might be at. I think it might be at four, four, three Big Twelve. Um, um I've, and I've, that is after. I don't know. You have no clue. No. Okay. I, I think it's four three, because the last game that was played was. A little game between TCU and Georgetown. I don't know if you caught this one, POC. I was at the Friar game. The Friar game took forever to tip, all because of this Georgetown game, apparently. And I'm getting texts from everyone about this game. And it turns out TCU, with a buzzer-beating three, miracle shot, banks in, the bank is open. Was he out of bounds? Sure, but who cares? You can't challenge it. Game over. Boys lose. Sorry. Karma, karma, man. That's all you got to say. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's a real it's a real shame. A real shame indeed. Uh, oh man, that that was great. That was uh, I enjoyed watching that video. I I really did. But yeah, so you know, Friars got to pick it up. Got to pick the conference up. You know, <laughs> that's what the Friars got to do. Um, so they got Oklahoma on Tuesday. Villanova travels to Kansas State. Villanova's probably just happy they're not playing a big five team because they freaking lost to Drexel. Can you believe it? Um, and then Seton Hall has to go to Baylor. Real tough ask out of them. And then you look at Wednesday. Um, really good game. Really intriguing game between Texas and Marquette. Marquette coming off that loss. Shaka Smart versus his old team. Um, that should certainly be interesting and then it all wraps up actually it wraps up Wednesday 
That's the last game of it. So um, the Big East need, needs a couple of wins here to, to, to win the challenge, and hopefully the Friars can help them do it. Yeah, I think I think they have a great chance on Tuesday, and it's probably the last game that they have non-conference where they can build their NCAA tournament resume. And it sounds silly, but ten and one is so drastically different than nine and two heading into Big East play. Uh, so if they can get that Oklahoma win on the road, that's going to be one that we look back on on Selection Sunday as potentially a uh, we'll call it a line mover or a seed mover because that's a ranked win on the road uh, and who knows how the heck conference play is going to go. But I think that will be one that you can circle and say, this was a really nice win for the Friars. Yeah. The big 12 is going to be a buzzsaw like the Big East this year. You know, it, it will be interesting to see how they fare, but I feel like Oklahoma will end up being okay. Like, I feel like they'll be in the middle of the pack of, of the big 12. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I think if they get the win, it, it would stick as a quad one. Uh, in my opinion, but um, but yeah, just a great weekend to be a Friar BOC. Um, you know, once again, had plenty of fans come up, thank us for our work, which we always appreciate. Um, yeah, I, I had people with big ideas for the pod and, and all this. It, it was great. <laughs> were those were those big ideas? Were, was there any uh? Was there any validity to them or were they ideas backed by having many tall boys? Uh, I don't know. This one woman was insistent that she could get Jaden Pierre on the pod. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true, but uh, she was insistent that she could get all, all the players and, and make the podcast big time. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> shout out, shout out to her. Hopefully you got her business card. <laughs> Uh, you got anything else? I'm good, man. All right. Well, until next time, see you later, Fractown. See you guys.